What's up, you guys? It's your girls, E and K, and I'm K. This is E. Welcome to the ball out. Shut the fuck up. What's up? <laughs> What's um, up with the two, Emily? Nothing. Um, we are back together. Yay. Um. Oh, and guess what? I just realized it's my cookout. <laughs> I mean, my tailgate episode. <laughs> I thought that immediately. I was like, I thought you would brag about that because whenever we're about to do the podcast. Like, and it's your tailgate. You're like, I get to invite whoever I want. I'm, like, nervous. We're, like, starting to invite people that, like, the other person doesn't like. Actually, you liked all mine. Who did you invite? Oh, yeah. Well, you don't like any of mine. You haven't... Anyway. Look, mine's about to be... Mine's always really good. Um, So, I'm excited. I'm gonna think... I haven't actually com- come up with it yet, but I will think about it as... It's fun, to, it's fun to do it on the spot. I did, like, two on the spot ones. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway... Uh, yeah, we're back in ATL, um, and we're here for the next few weeks, um, and we have some guests on this week. Thank the Lord. Yay. It's been a second. I know y'all have been wondering, like, oh, are they going to, like, put all three of those guests on and then crap out? No, we still have connections. We just wanted to let <laughs> y'all get to know <laughs> get to know us. Um and this is you know, the ball of E and K. Yeah. Know? So sometimes it just wants to be. We just want it to be E and K. Okay. Our MVP this week. Um, he's in a predicament position, but he's taking it well, I think. And it is Blake Griffin. If you're a I don't sports know what's star, going on. huh? I don't know what's going on with this Blake yeah. Griffin thing. Yeah. So if you're a sports sports fan, then you know who Blake Griffin is, and you probably know what happened uh, yesterday evening, or you know. Tuesday, went Monday, January 29th, but if you're not, and you don't know who Blake Griffin is, Blake Griffin is an NBA player, he, uh, uh, forget, I'm forgetting his position, I don't know, he's not a point guard, he's too tall, um, I think he's a, he's a, he's not a center, he's not that big, I don't think, anyway, um, I'm gonna get this right as I'm explaining, but, um, he's a power guard, my bad, um, so basically, Blake Griffin, if you don't know who he is, he is that tall, light-skinned dude. He could be mistaken for being redhead, um, but uh, he's in a lot of commercial means. He's kind of goofy, too. Um, he played for the L.A. Clippers. He's um, in movies, too. I mean, he's guest stars in some movies. He's tried to do a comedy thing. Um, he's a power forward. Power forward, my bad. I thought it said power guard. My bad. Power. F- yeah, that's not a position. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me- I'm cutting that out. Uh, no. <laughs> cutting, that's embarrassing. A power guard. I've actually never heard that. I was like, I guess I just wanted to be a position in basketball. It's power forward, right? Okay. Um, but yeah, so he he. Uh, you also may know him if you're a Kardashian fan. He's been rumored to be dating Kendall Jenner. Um, he got traded yesterday to the Detroit Pistons. He had been with the LA Clippers um, ever since he got drafted first overall out of uh, Oklahoma at least seven or eight years ago, and he's been with the Clippers since then. He's just kind of like the – there was Chris Paul that was there who then uh, – who got traded to the, the Rockets last year, but um, Blake Griffin has always been the face of the franchise, and people just freaked out over it because, um, one, <laughs> in January in L.A., it's around 70 degrees. In Detroit – in January, <laughs> there was a bunch of memes that was like, ha, huh, 70, when Blake looks at the weather in Detroit, negative five. 
I was like, oh boy, you have some, um, you have some fun, uh, adjusting to do. That's gonna be the worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and, um, I, I, I know a lot of people who are from Detroit listen to this podcast and who have gone to Michigan and are from the area have listened to it, but Detroit, just like Atlanta, you could say the same thing about Atlanta, but Detroit is not the same city as LA, so the amenities are not as, uh, uh, forthcoming, so there's a lot of adjusting going on for that. Uh, too. Okay, there's stuff going on in Atlanta. Uh, not as much as like New York or LA is what I'm trying to say. Okay, it's that's like true. It's like I, you're I'm going from like, LA to Phoenix. Same weather, but he's going from like he's not just going from LA to New York. Okay, same if, amount if of stuff. If you're famous in Atlanta, you have you can like finesse life a little bit. I'm just saying, it's just like a it's a huge change. Okay, yeah, it's a large change. Um, he's also going to an arena. It's called Little Caesars Arena. That's where the uh, the Detroit Red Wings, it's an NHL team, and that's where, obviously, the Pistons play. Um, and that arena, let me tell you, does not sell out even close. For their opening day for the NBA, um, I think it was less than 10,000 fans were there. Maybe less than 5,000. But uh, he's going to have a, a rude awakening from playing at the Staples Center to Little Caesars Arena. Um I'm not sure about the the Pistons' place in the East. It's definitely an easier division to play than the West, which consists of teams like Oklahoma City Thunder and Golden State Warriors, who have you know Steph Curry. For you people who don't know about the East and the West and the NBA, but um, the East will be an easier conference to play in for him. Um, In addition to, um, I don't know, a slower environment like. I think he's from Oklahoma, so something that he's more used to. But he's not used to the L.A. life. Um, the other thing that I've thought about well, is... Also, him leaving is going to like not go well for his relationship with Kendall Jenner. I, that's what I was transitioning into. Oh. So, um, it's actually funny. I was watching the Kardashians, and they were like talking about Kendall, and they are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Kendall and Kylie's gynecologist now. And then they somehow segued. They're like, yeah, well, I was over at Kendall's, and the basketball player, and I was like, we all know who you're talking about, Courtney. <laughs> Uh, it's Blake. Um, so here's the thing that I'm anticipating and I'm going to get very mad about. Blake Griffin going to... Blake Griffin is one of the faces of the NBA. One of the many faces of the NBA. Even if he's, you know, been playing kind of not so good in 27, 2018, 2017, 2018 because of his injuries. But you have a big face like that going from big market LA to Detroit, dating one of the Kardashian girls, going to Detroit... You're going to make Detroit more relevant. And that's good for the city itself because they're on the come up and Detroit needs it. But he's also an hour away from Michigan. and Or sorry, Ann Arbor where University of Michigan is. And I just rolled my eyes. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, do we have to, uh, I'm sorry. I, let me just. It's less than an hour. I'm sorry. 45, 45 minutes. Um, if you know about the Michigan football team. As of late, within the last few years, Jim Harbaugh, the coach and the recruiting department, have made it a point to get celebrities to come to the stadiums for the games to be the coin flip, the 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 honorary captain. I'm sorry to flip the coin before the game. They did it with my granddad. They did it with Tom Brady. They did it with Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter. They did it with Michael Jordan. They did it with Usher, and then something came out, and he kind of canceled. I have a question. Uh, why did they not ask me to flip the coin when I was <laughs> <laughs> They knew I was there. That's really confusing. Whatever. I'm sorry, Kyra. Maybe I'll, I'll you ask You didn't them. alert them, manager. I'm not their manager. I'm a recruiting 
It would not be a surprise if they're like, hey, Blake, you should come be one of the honorary coin, you know, captains, coin flippers for uh, whatever game we play this year. And it wouldn't be a surprise if one of the Kardashians, obviously Kendall, but any of the other ones popped up too. And let me tell you, I will not be happy if this happens because I probably won't be there. And that just will make me really mad. And Can I just say that it would be a surprise if the Kardashians went all the way to see him flip a coin for Michigan, too. You're probably going to see a Kardashians where you're going more so than in Michigan. Three, you're ridiculous. I didn't need any of that. <laughs> One. And two, I will be very mad if he goes to flip a coin for Ooh, Michigan. Ooh, good one. You got uh, me. You could have just listed something and like had a good comeback. But you're like, no, one, two, and three. I'd be mad. <laughs> well, I would be. But that's all you need to know about Blake Griffin. The, the other things that they, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. But the other things that they were contemplating with this huge trade was that the fact that the Clippers freed up a lot of salary space. For players such as a LeBron James, um, that they speculated that they might be able to get to LA because his company is there, you know, he has a house there, his kid, you know, they were looking at schools there, so it made you know it made sense. But uh, apparently, I literally just looked at my phone. They he shot down that rumor of him coming to uh, to LA <laughs> to LA. Two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I just saw the, the notification. Anyway. So I guess um, he's not coming to L.A. But, yeah, Blake Griffin is our MVP because he's making because moves. Because he's making moves, and it seems as though he's taking it in stride. Anyway, the Grammys happened on Sunday, um, and I enjoyed it. A lot of people weren't happy with Bruno Mars winning. Um, you know, I was, I mean, I love Bruno Mars, especially Finesse. A lot of Republicans, especially people who still support Trump, Really hate Hollywood events like the Oscars, Grammys, Emmys, any anything, literally everything. AMAs, VMAs, yeah. Because Tony's, because it's all becoming, because people are using their voice, honestly, to be like, hey, uh, this president is a menace. And he's, co- it's comedic how, like, crazy the president is to, to, to people. And, like and it's creative spaces where, like, you, you think outside of the box, which garners, like, usually liberal liberal people to work exactly. in it. And um, yeah. people, a lot of people are like, this is not the time or the space to you, to say that. Like, you, it should be, like, neutral. And honestly, like, in my, in my head, I was, like, I was thinking about that. In my head, I was thinking, obviously. Uh, I was thinking about that. Everyone says use your voice. And, like, if you have the media to do it, you should be able to use your voice. And also, it's art. art. It's art. Like, that's the point. You're using, I mean, whether it's painting, whether it's singing, acting, you're expressing yourself and at an award show you're not allowed at an award show celebrating that (laughs) this isn't the time or place okay maybe not at the state of the union but like (laughs) which is happening tonight but like oh god yeah it's happening it's his first official one Um, oh god but Um, like something that's celebrating that i'm pretty sure that's okay to do but um on another like on the other side there was a girl i need to look up her name i think it was joy Oh, I should have known her name. She, while Kyra's looking it up, um, on the red carpet, you know, the Time's Up symbol, like, a few weeks ago, I think, I can't forget, I think it was for the Golden Globes, it was, like, to wear a black 
black outfit. Um, for this one, it was to have a white rose. One of the women on the other side of the spectrum, political spectrum, um, wore a dress, a red dress that like, and ha I don't know the imagery on it, but it, it was against, somehow against abortion. Another woman wrote, wore Make right. America. Oh, it wasn't? No. Okay. Oh. Um, this girl named Joy Villa, and I'm not, like, not even just, like, bashing her, like, at all. I really don't know her music. Um, she... Is she a country singer? I don't know. She's black. Oh, is she? Yeah. Um, she's... <laughs> she doesn't mean she can't be a country singer. I just don't know. Um, Joy Villa, she does something with Fox. I really should, like, remember Oh, Fox this. News? Yeah, she does something with Fox. Oh, and she wore like, Make America Great Again. She wore a... I'm not sure if she wore it this time. Okay, either way... She, She's worn two dresses to the Grammys, and one was a Make America Great Again dress, and then another one was a white dress with a rainbow uh, sort of shape that turns into a fetus that was pro-life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at first, and like, at first I was just like, okay, I think I had the, re the response that every like Republican has whenever they see something they don't want to see. I don't think. I was like, really? You're doing this now? But then I was just like, honestly, that's not fair. Like, everyone's allowed to do their expression. If you want to do what you want to do, that's fine. If that's how, what you believe in, everyone, this is the spot where you're supposed to be, like, open about whatever. Like, if you want to make a statement, you can make a statement. I don't have to agree with it. Um, and she had a purse that said, choose life. Yeah, she had a purse that said, choose life. Donald Trump has, like, tweeted about her, like, wishing her luck and stuff. She's a huge Trump supporter. And being like, you know, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Um, no, I mean, well, obviously, if that's what you want to do, you do it. Yeah. Because you know, that's how the world works. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm not kidding, because that is how the world works. <laughs> Kara's giving me the worst glare. I'm just like, why? Um, uh, no, she, like, it's one, it's also in the same sense, I mean, Obviously, like that girl Harley Barber. Good lord, thank the lord she's irrelevant now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like, good thing that's blown over. But it's in the same sense of like, there are two sides to everything, and because you know, majority of the media and you know, uh, I guess millennials. But I guess I figured out today that I'm not a millennial. That's a sidetracked conversation. <laughs> that's another conversation to have. I guess I'm not a anyway. Um, majority are are liberal like you think that's what you know that's what you're seeing but um and especially if you're living in a major city but uh There's people are allowed to have different opinions their other thoughts and doesn't make them wrong because their like, opinions i feel like with hers it's what it's not harley barber like because it's not hateful in no. a sense it's just, oh, no, her, no. it's just her choice it's uh, her choice it, it i still it doesn't sit right sit right with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's one of those things where it's like, I not only just disagree with you, I'm just like, I might have just, I'm not going to do myself in by saying that, but I just don't, I don't agree. I don't it. agree with that, but. You know, it's just like. Do you, I guess. That's a bold, it was bold and very brave of her to do. I, uh, yeah, I I, I'll give her that, to go to the Grammys. Um, where everyone's wearing Time's Up and you put a pro-life. I mean, you time, put, Time's Up and pro-life are very different subjects, though. But they're both having to do with sexual, like, say pro-life. It can tie into pro-life. Like, if yeah. you get pregnant, and From, some people believe that you should still have that baby. Exactly. I don't think it's, like, combative, but it does, like, it can be in the same But it's, field. like, but it's not the same as, like, 
you wear a white flower to symbolize like Black Lives Matter, and then she shows up with a pro life thing. Like that's it's two different things. But I'm saying times up, and you know, I, I feel it's, like it's, it goes with like women bodies. exactly women's bodies. I think it's I think she's that was very bold, yeah, very courageous. Uh, sorry, courage, uh, mm. uh, brave. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Either way, like, I think if you're, if everyone should be able to express themselves, so whatever. People need to stop complaining about uh, like people doing it at award shows. I'm so sick of seeing those comments where they're like, "Can't it be neutral? Do we have to match the president?" It's like as long as he's in Venice, people are gonna start talking. About oh it. yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Um, and to intro these guests, we have. Miles, Some of our good friends are going to be joining us. Yes, we have Miles Jones. Um, <clears throat> he is a midfielder for the Chesapeake Bayhawks um, in the Major League Lacrosse. In Major League Lacrosse, um, we didn't know that's a professional lacrosse league. Obviously, um, <laughs> he was selected first overall by the Atlanta Blaze in the 2016 Major League Lacrosse Draft. Um, he played at Duke. He has won an NCAA championship. Uh, in 2013. Um, he also has been noted by publications like Vice, the Players' Tribune, amongst other ones, um, that he is helping to revolutionize lacrosse, a game that is majority white players, um, as one of the better and more well-known black players in the league. Um, just, I don't know if he's doing, and we can ask him this, uh, grassroots programs with black players, uh, black youth, but that's a great thing that he's, you know, even if he's not, that's a great thing that he's doing. Um, our second guest is his lovely girlfriend that we've known uh, since, like, Kid. kindergarten. Pre-K. I've known her since kindergarten. Well, yeah. I've known her since pre-K. We went to, well, we've known her, like, a good chunk of our lives. A good, good chunk, yeah. We went over, tw- over 20 years. Oh, we're no, old. No, 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 over about, about 17 years. So, 18. No, no, 16. 16 or 17 years, we've known Drew. Drew Jackson, um, she is, she used to play lacrosse at USC. She's played lacrosse for, I think since like fourth grade. I remember her trying to get me involved in it. Same. I wanted to. They wanted me to get yeah. involved in it too. Yeah. We could have been stars. <laughs> I didn't get into lacrosse then, and then I tried out for the team, and like three days into the tryouts, I was like, yep, nah, too much, too much running. Um, so I didn't <laughs> want to do it. Um. But, and it was a lot of coordination for a lot of running, so it just wasn't about it. But, um, yeah, Drew went to USC, Southern Cal, um, played lacrosse there, and um, now she is pursuing a career in broadcasting as a report, if I'm getting this right, Drew, I'm s- or getting this wrong, sorry. Um, but I think the position is like a reporter, um, slash host, slash um, uh, commentator, analyst for... Cox Media's Dog Nation, D-A-W-G. Uh, that's U-G-A's Dogs. And she has been um, an anchor um, and host of sorts on their shows and reporter also as well. So she is moving up and out in the world. They both live like, in Atlanta. Yeah, they're both like a power team. They're mm-hmm. like, oh my God, check out their Instagrams, guys. They're like, they're just, they're, they're killing it. <laughs> Talk about like... Literally, like, a power couple, like, that is, that is them. Yeah. Like, they're both super fit, super hot. They're huge in the, like, lacrosse 
good. They're like, well Drew known. Was, like, when we were in high school, everyone would freak out. I, like, <clears throat> I um, was the manager of the lacrosse team. <clears throat> That's how I got my Letterman's jacket. <laughs> everyone was always, like, coming up to her. Like, other teams, they mm-hmm. all knew her. And, Miles, it's obviously a huge deal. So, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. And here it is. All right. Thank you guys for coming. We're so excited to have you guys. It's weird. It's like, really weird. weird. I know. We're <laughs> but I'm, like, laughing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't stop laughing. No, like, Internally. we've known each other since, like, kindergarten. Yeah. What is that? Age four? Five? I was, like, I was four because yeah. I was held back. Or, no, I skipped a grade. Yeah. yeah. So, I was four then. Yeah, that's crazy. Weird, yeah. And um, now we're uh, 22. Yeah, and we're interviewing. Like, and you're almost 23. Yeah, and we're like all kind of in the same like field, trying to be, you know. Yeah, Ooh. but we're happy you're here too. We're so excited. <laughs> um, so yeah, first I guess we want to, you know, you guys are in a relationship. You guys, have, how long have you been in a relationship? Or a little over a year. Okay, so you what was got, your anniversary? Yeah, January second. Oh, yeah. Sorry, a bit on that. oh, she was gonna. Say, I knew she was gonna say. Oh, I thought you were like. Oh. And I, I thought she said. I, said I, I knew it was your anniversary. Oh, he hates so me I was, already. I wasn't Sorry. sure if it was like a question or not. So. Oh, okay, that's easy to remember. January second. No. Oh, nice. Okay, so how did you guys meet? I'll let you take this. One. I always tell the story, and you always okay. tell me it's wrong. But, um, so we met at Churchill's actually for the okay. first time. Churchill's is a Buckhead bar in yeah. Atlanta for people who don't know what that is. So it was the summer, my first summer living in Buckhead, and I, you know, season was over. I was mm-hmm. excited. Didn't have to, you know, worry about waking up and working out, so I strolled into the bar with uh, my roommate TJ Kemp, who ended up, I found out that he played lacrosse with Drew's older brother. Okay. But, um,. You know, I was just standing in the bar and at the at the at the uh, at the actual bar, and some random girl came up to me. I, I forget who it Devin was. Devin Velastro. Okay, it was Devin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. We were with Benji, Benji Russell, oh, no. and Devin Velastro. Yeah, so some girl comes to me. I've never seen her in my life, and she's like, "Hey," I'm like, I turn around, I'm thinking that somebody knows the cross, or whatever. So I'm like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" And she was like, uh, "My friend Drew is over there," and I'm like, "All right, <laughs> Drew." Like, I, don't, I, I, I knew Drew. I knew of Drew. Oh. We followed each other on Instagram. I was going to say, did you all know each other? Like, we knew of her. But I, but she was like, yeah, Drew's, Drew's over there. I'm like, okay, who's Drew? Because I, I didn't know who she was, so why, why yeah. would I think I, I would know who Drew was? Yeah. So she said, oh, Drew Jackson. I was like, oh, cool, cool. Like, I'll get a drink, and I'll walk over there. So I walked over, and Drew was just standing there. I guess, they had pool tables in there? Yeah. Yeah, she was sitting at the pool table, <laughs> smiling ear to ear, and I was like, uh. Oh my hey. God, he just walked out. <laughs> yeah, he just walked out. I, mean, I, th- I think I was feeling myself that night or something. Okay, but, he was. But I walked up to her and I was just talking. And I was I like, who is started this talking guy? to her. Yeah, right. So. Well, I can't lie, though. And before we went out, Devin and I were looking at my Instagram and Miles had liked a lot of my pictures. And I was like, oh my God, look at this guy. He's Wait, like, right before? No, but like... Or just in general? In general. Right probably like a, a day, couple days before, weeks oh, before, something okay. like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy, like, I wonder if he's in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Then she's like, Drew, I think that's the guy. When he oh. walked in the bar, and I was with Benji, I was like, Benji, let's go. Like, I need to go. <laughs> Devin's crazy. She's going to do something crazy. We need to go. He's like, no, let's watch. Let's watch. I was like, what? oh gosh. But now, look at us. There we go. Yeah. Thank you, Devin, I guess. Whenever guys, like, or whenever, like, a group of friends of mine know that I like a guy and they come up to me and start talking to me, I'm the most awkward person and it never, ever works out. So I'm like, props to y'all, because, like, I don't know what I'm I'm pretty sure Drew didn't say a word to me. I, I probably was just talking the entire time. 
Really? And no. Then, and then and then ended up was like, oh, can, like can I have your number? And then she gave me number, and then something happened where like I I was talking to someone else, and then uh-huh. we left, and that was it. How quick were you to like, you know, let's hang out after you guys first met? Um, I was I was moving around a little bit, but I I'd asked her for like two weeks straight. She said she two weeks. Let's get this story right. <laughs> two months. Because I was, well, no, because I went back to school in LA for the second part of the summer. So he was still in Atlanta. He had no idea really who I was, who I was entirely and what I was doing. So I went back to LA. He was like, oh, let's hang out. Let's hang out. But I wasn't, I was out of town. So I kind of just like either would dead him or I would just reply like one word or something. I don't know. But then I came back home for like two weeks and it was, we tried to hang out those two weeks, but our schedules were kind of conflicting. Mm-hmm. Then the last night I was in town, I had packed all my bags. I was really bored. He was like, please come to this Braves game with me. Like, it's your last night in town. Let's just hang out. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, I'm really bored. Good seats, though. I'm really okay. bored. Uh-huh. Sure. What could go wrong? Then we had a great time at the Braves game. But then I had to go to school in the morning, so it didn't oh, matter shit. for my senior year. Wait, yeah. so then what happened? Wait, so you guys have known each other then? For, for almost a, a for about almost five two months. Years. Yeah, a five year, almost. We started dating. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so y'all. Oh, so you guys like met became, in the summer, right? And yeah. so you became like a relationship when you were at school. No. No. When yeah, I came home fall, for Thanksgiving. Kind of, yeah. Oh. So what okay. like caused that transition from like talking to dating? Um. I think that Miles was really good on checking in with me my senior year. He kind of let me do me because, you know, you're a senior. You want to have fun with your friends. It's your last go-round. Mm-hmm. I think he did a good job of checking in with me, like knowing my schedule, knowing where when I had a lacrosse tournament and stuff like that. And he always kept me engaged in our conversations over text. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of – I was interested in him, and I, I liked that someone was caring about what I was doing. Right. And I think vice versa with you, but I don't want to speak for you. Yeah, but then she came home for Thanksgiving break, and then we were like, hey, like, you know, we've been talking on and off, you know, here and there for about, what? Six months, five months. Yeah, so it was like, all right, well, so do you want to hang out? So she came. I always give, I joke around with her because I can remember exactly what she was wearing. Oh. She was she was wearing, like, this white silk. I call it kimono, but she she doesn't think it's a kimono. It was a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I remember exactly. It was literally because. a shirt. I, I, had, I had a few friends over, and everyone was, you know, drinking, having a good time, and then she comes over with this silk kimono, and her hair was up in a bun. And I, was, and I remember, like, when she walked in, she was so awkward. She didn't, like, because oh. like, I, I, I hadn't seen her, uh-huh. like, seen her in person in about mm-hmm. five, six months. We've been right. talking over the phone. And then like, all my friends looked at me. And I was just, and I remember, I, I wasn't dressed yet. I, I like, had like no shirt on. I was like, no shirt. Just like, figuring out what I was wearing, <laughs> I was like, whatever. And like she walked in, and I started, I like smiled because like yeah. everyone was looking at her. And they looked at me. And I was like, all right, relax, everyone. Yeah. And then and his dog ran up and sniffed me all over. You know how dogs? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I just and it's a pit bull mix. Mm-hmm. So I just sat down. I was like, okay, this is a lot for me. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> staring at yes. me. There are only parts. boys in here. I feel very uncomfortable. Why did I do this? That's and I was texting all my friends. A lot of movie parts in the yeah. apartment at the time, and then um, yeah. So we went out, had a good time. You went back to school, and then I, we had a, we had a really good time. And I was like, "Here, I'm gonna come fly out and visit you in LA." So that was the night of our first kiss. We had our first kiss, and we hung out over Thanksgiving break, and 
he was like, I'm going to come visit you in L.A. But, like, he'd kind of been saying that all fall just because L.A. is L.A. and fun. Mm -hmm. But, like, we were in no position to kind of visit each other because we didn't know each other that well. Um, But then he came out. He wasn't lying. He came out. So I had to finish all of my exams. He sent me the the itinerary. But, like, I'm broadcast journalism, so all my exams were turn-ins. So it was basically whenever you're done, Mm -hmm. you're done. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, crap. Now I have to do everything because I want to have fun. For my last couple days in L.A. So he came all the way to L.A. Wow. Picked him up from the airport. We were both so awkward. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so we were actually, so I, awkward. I was listening to music. Obviously, I was not playing for five and a half hours. So mm-hmm. I, get, I was still listening to music when I approached the car. Oh, no. So I opened the door. and she was, I guess she was saying hey to me. I but like, I was just throwing my bags. And, and like, I'm, really energetic? I'm delusional. I was on and a he's plane like for chewing, oh. He's like <laughs> chewing gum. Throws his bag in the back of my car. And gets in. He's like, What's up? Because oh, he didn't like, hear me, and I was like, and it wasn't. It wasn't. Oh. I was trying to be awkward, so I didn't hear. I had headphones on. I sat down, chewed my gum, took my headphones out, and I was like, "Hey, what's up?" And, and like, she, she was looking I was at like, me. All right, remind myself to look for return flights for him when we get back. Like this is a like this is terrible. Yeah. What y'all do when you were out in LA? Did a lot. We went to a, um, a Clippers game. Mm-hmm. We hiked to the Hollywood sign. So I kind of felt that because he had. He had make made the sacrifice and spent that money to come out to LA that I needed to figure out some activities mm-hmm. for us to do because I was yeah. like, well, this is the least I can do. I can pay for like a dinner or two, mm-hmm. whatever. So I got us Clippers and Warriors oh, tickets. I know. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Clippers and Warriors tickets. Um, then we went to this really cool restaurant, Hollywood Hills, and then I just kind of took him around our college town. Mm-hmm. With the bungalow, I think. Bungalow, yeah. Okay. It was all around, like, just a fun, cool time. But he f- ended up changing his flight to fly back home with me. And that's when I knew. I was like, ha, I got him. Uh, <laughs> wait, so did you, were you playing hard to get this whole, it seems no. like you were playing hard to get a little bit. Well, when we got months, to L.A., I was actually playing hard to get. No, no, you weren't. You you put it all out on the table. Okay, I'll say this. He was playing a little bit hard to get, so I was kind of confused. We weren't, like, obviously official or anything, so it was kind of awkward being in L.A. and, like, walking around campus and people people walking up to me being like, oh, who's this, Drew? Like, how do I introduce him? What did you say? She's like, oh, this is Miles. Like, how else would I have said that? And, um, but all my teammates knew that Miles was coming to visit and they mm-hmm. they'd make a big deal or mm-hmm. whatever, but. I met all of her teammates in a real short span of time. I think, I think like at least five of them were there when I, when yeah. I opened the door to right. the apartment. Yeah. They were like, <laughs> they were waiting. They were like, yeah. we yeah. need to see this. Yes. The door opened, it was seven girls. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. What's up guys? <laughs> what was the, you know, I guess that was the main point when you were like, yeah, we're going to make this like a serious thing. Like. You guys are both very attractive people, you know, playing across, oh, very you, athletic. I'm sure you both have <laughs> had people. Really? No. <laughs> you have people in your DMs, right? And so at that point, when did you stop entertaining those people for each other? I would assume when you you flew out there, right? Or were you, did you stop earlier like, than that? I would say, honestly, it was never really a conversation that we had. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like an understood, we're done. Search is over. Yeah. We're dating each other now. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, people still, on both sides, people still will, um, you know, hit us up yeah. individually. But it's kind of just one of those things where you have to respect yourself enough mm-hmm. to be in a relationship with someone who you know wouldn't do that to you. So, like, 
don't entertain it. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. What about long distance? Because you had to do that your second semester. Mm-hmm. And were you in, you were in L.A. for the summer, too, right? Um, no, I came back. Okay, so you had to do that for a semester. How was it dealing with long distance, or was it hard at all? I mean, I thought it was kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, I don't, think, I don't think you get that reaction from a lot of people when you talk about long distance relationships, but, like, it was fun because I... Often would, I knew every three weeks or so I was gonna fly to LA. Mm-hmm. So you know, two I, weeks. Yeah, so yeah, probably. <laughs> we <laughs> saw each other a lot. Our relationship oh, wasn't okay. realistic. It wasn't that bad for because like I travel a bunch with the cross stuff. So like, right. I would so like if I wanted to see Drew for Valentine's Day, I would be like, all right, look, I'm gonna do a clinic in Minnesota the weekend before, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna from Minnesota I'm gonna fly down to LA. I'll be in LA for the week and then I'm from LA I'll fly up to Boise, Idaho so I'll, I'll yeah. be you know doing work yeah. in between seeing Drew just like I travel so much and the nice thing is I wouldn't have to pay for it because like instead of flying they, they pay for my flights and then flying from you know Atlanta to wherever I was going mm-hmm. and instead of going home I'd say I'm going to LA fly to LA and then the person who's get, flying me to the next location instead of flying from Atlanta I would just fly from LA so it just worked out where like oh, I just kind of fit Drew into my, my travel schedule okay. and you know I was and I ended up you know seeing her every two or three weeks where I was spending you know five four or five days with her at a time Oh, and lots of laundry we were doing laundry right. oh nice I would travel two heavy suitcases mm-hmm. of like athletic clothes and then clothes to wear out and mm-hmm. around so one thing I will say though for Miles was I had a full semester. I was trying to, I was graduating that semester. So I had to take all of my classes and I was in my senior season of lacrosse. So like for me, I might not have, I mean, I tried to go home in between classes, but realistically I might not have seen him till 6 p.m. a day. Mm -hmm. Like I might've left at 8 a.m. and not seen him till 6 p.m. sometimes. So like I commend him for being able to like sit down, do work, do whatever he needed to do, get be independent almost in my apartment, in my space, and kind of do what he needed to do too. Because, I mean, sometimes I wouldn't be able to, which was interesting. But, right. Yeah. Do you, so like you were flying from place to place, and like was this, because Ches- it's Chesapeake, mm-hmm. that was the Major League Lacrosse team, and then you have a deal with Adidas, mm-hmm. correct? And then you do stuff with USA Lacrosse. So it was like all... A mix of things, just like flying you different places. Yeah, and then I, I do a bunch of uh, training where I train. I'll go to a location and I'll have like seventy kids show up, and I'll mm-hmm. do like a, this full training where a microphone, talk to the kids over loudspeakers, and do a bunch of drills with them for about you know four hours. Yeah, and it was nice because I got this. I got to travel and, and I got to see a cool city like Minnesota. I had friends in Minnesota. I played for the Timberwolves, so I got to go to a game. Mm-hmm. And then you know I was like, all right, cool. It was a fun weekend. Sunday morning, shoot to LA. So I'd land Sunday morning, and then I'd be there for the week, and then say I have another clinic this, in this place. Or like um, when I was in season, I played in Boston, and uh, we were playing Charlotte next week. So instead of flying home to Atlanta and hanging out, I flew to LA. I yeah. had to train when I was in LA, mm-hmm. and then I flew from LA to Charlotte and played. So okay. I mean, it just it just worked out where I was able to just squeeze it. I mean, you know, traveling obviously is you know tiring, especially after playing. Uh, a very physical game you know Mm -hmm. your body's kind of beat up but I was able to just you know make it happen I think that's one of the better things about our relationship because Mm -hmm. we were so so young in the relationship that everything was exciting yeah so even though he was flying from Boston to LA back to Charlotte to play games he was excited because he was also watching me play on like Tuesday and Thursday Mm -hmm. and then flying back and we were just excited to be with each other so it was it was actually easier than you would imagine. Right. Yeah. 
Speaking of, I guess, lacrosse with both of you guys, do you think it's on the come up? Do you think, you know, it's like a soccer 20 years ago here in the U.S.? Yeah, so it's actually funny because the MLS and the professional lacrosse like both start at the same time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, one took a you know higher trajectory than the other, just based on I think the amount of kids that people that play soccer, uh, the amount of countries that play soccer. So a lot of people travel into the U.S. to play, and I think sport lacrosse is a little bit different than that. It's you know it's you have your pool of let's say 100, 100 guys that are like you know head and shoulders above the competition. So I think that. Uh, as far as the youth level goes, and middle school up to high school, you know, and, and college, I think it's you know growing very quickly. There are more youth kids than ever playing uh, lacrosse. You know, especially on the women's side, they're adopting more programs: Division One, Division Two, all the way down to club right. level. Faster than men's, but men's is also growing too. So um, the more kids that are playing on the youth level, obviously, it's kind of a trickle up effect, which is very different from you know any other cause and effect but um, it is growing it's fun to see because I get to travel to places like Boise, Idaho when I was growing up they you wouldn't even hear about lacrosse in Boise, Idaho but I showed up and there were 70 kids there ready to learn and, and pretty excited that's speaking from my experience I mean same thing for mine I think going out to LA being from Atlanta first of all and going out to LA to play in a sport that's non-traditional in both senses was really important to me because in USC in location is in South Central Los Angeles so that is a, a mescla of underprivileged youth and a lot of minorities mm-hmm. so for me I would go off on the weekends on a Saturday morning after my own practice probably wouldn't shower but I'd go straight <laughs> to South LA high mm-hmm. school and I'd just teach the kids something like some skills because they were always down to learn but lacrosse is expensive and that right. is the biggest thing for getting more minorities and inner city kids involved. Because mm-hmm. without resources, without field space, you can't play lacrosse. Right, right. Yeah. And I, I think baseball is kind of the same thing. Where mm-hmm. a bat, a glove, a ball, even is like twelve dollars. Like mm-hmm. that's a lot. And then you know, being able to find a field that's perfectly cured, like manicured, like that's mm-hmm. a hard thing. And lacrosse, a stick is a lot of money. You know, mm-hmm. right. that kind of thing. Cleats are a lot of money. Like, do you guys find that? I mean, I'm sure you are also involved in that right now, um, you know, with the publications that are being written about it. Like, do you think that there are more minority minorities getting into lacrosse, or do you think it's stagnant, or are you trying, or is there anything, any kind of movement that's happening right now to... Well, Miles, I know he's going to talk a lot on, on this, but I'll just rave about him for one second. Mm-hmm. Miles does a good job with reaching out to um, underprivileged youth mm-hmm. in a lot of inner cities, and he also does giveaways, like probably on the weekly basis of his gear because he is sponsored by Adidas. And if you go to Miles' closet, he has a ton of things that, one, he doesn't need, and two, kids would love so much more and appreciate so much more than he could ever imagine. So I think that's his one of his ways of giving back, but I'll let you talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I, I actually sit on the board for two um, nonprofit organizations that you know their goal is to provide opportunity for um, you know inner city kids that you know maybe their parents aren't around mm-hmm. uh, parents work you know nine to five then you know five to nine to mm-hmm. try to provide for them kids that you know experience some trouble running around the urban area of Baltimore or New York City mm-hmm. so uh, kind of what my goal is just to just be someone who looks like these kids you know someone who's you know you're, you're not your traditional lacrosse player uh, you know affluent you know white kid that mm-hmm. comes from Connecticut or 
you know, New York or, or, or those places where, you know, lacrosse is predominantly played. Um, so I just show these kids that there is an opportunity to play. And with the backing of the organization, you know, we do a lot of fundraising and, um, you know, events to, you know, give these kids scholarships to go to, you know, private high schools mm-hmm. or give these kids scholarships to go to college. Um, give these kids, you know, money to play, you know, throughout the summer because, like, lacrosse is expensive. I know women, they use less equipment, but for a, ki- for a male kid to play lacrosse, Gloves are two eight hundred and eighty bucks. Elbow pads are ninety five bucks. A full stick could be anywhere from you know one hundred and twenty bucks to three hundred dollars. Helmets, you know, over two hundred dollars. So, you know, and you can't skimp on that stuff. Exactly. If you want to be the best, even the lowest end stuff is pretty pretty expensive. So what I do a lot, like Drew said, I give away a lot of my equipment. Uh, I give a lot. I give away a lot of equipment to silent auctions, autograph stuff. You know, mm-hmm. parents are buying stuff for kids for you know. 800 bucks for a pair of cleats I'd never even worn I just put my signature on it and that and that money goes back to these kids who you know can't, fo- can't afford a $60 pair of cleats right. so you know I, I just try to do my part as one person you know obviously um, in the grand scheme of things one person's efforts isn't going to you know change the world but just doing my small part I, at least gives you know maybe two or three kids an opportunity each year to do something that they probably thought they couldn't do without it right right and Drew, now that you're not playing anymore, how does it feel, you know, to not have to practice every day and not have, you know, lacrosse in your life all the time? Wait, but she is pra- at practice now because you're coaching at Woodward, right? Okay. That, so I'm, so I'm kind of changing it in a sense. Like, I think when I first came home from college, and I mean, we lost pretty brutally in the Elite Eight, and we didn't, ex- we didn't see that coming. So I think it, it kind of hurt my ego a little bit, and it hurt me because. I didn't see us losing. I thought we were going to the Final Four. So I almost wanted a little bit of a break from lacrosse because the sport that's given me so much has also taken away a lot of my freedom and a lot of college experience, but I've also gained so much from playing that I wouldn't have gotten if I was a regular student. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, I kind of want to bring my knowledge of lacrosse and and you guys know me from high school. Like, what did I – I always said that – I wanted to play lacrosse to get myself to a really good institution. Yeah. That was the first thing. I was always pretty good at lacrosse, but that was always my number one, and I kind of want to change the way girls think about it. Like, yes, we want to play lacrosse. Yeah, we want to be the best, but let's go to school. Let's get yeah. our the best education we possibly can and come out of college with a job and then help others. Let's do that. That's do you see how lacrosse? I feel. Do you see it being a, you know, in the future, I mean, in soccer is less or so, but like in the future, like a something that people, you know, really want to watch, like, and you can make an actual, I mean, you're obviously making a career out of it, but like being able to just play Major League Lacrosse, you know what I mean? And not have to like, you know, split your time between clinics, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you, do you ever see it being that way? Um, I think for women, it's a little bit harder just because of the gender inequality in general I mean Mm -hmm. we see all the gender inequality in the workplace everywhere Um, I think it would be a little bit harder so maybe I would say sadly give us 10 years and maybe we can think about it but for men um, I mean you can answer that but I I definitely think lacrosse men's lacrosse is a fun sport to watch so I mean I think they're just being on the inside of a lot of uh, conversations that go on about pro lacrosse and what what it's going to take to get to the next level as far as a professional sport. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of, you know, different things that people understand these are the pillars that's going to, you know, that's going to help 
the sport grow on the professional level, but I just don't think that the people in charge know in which order these things have to be done. Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, chicken or the egg? Is it, you know, pay more guys, pay guys more money, and then they're going to dedicate their, their, you know, their time and allocate their time and effort to just playing lacrosse? Or is it, you know, build more teams so more guys play so that it's more visible? Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are a bunch of, you know, different things that people know have to happen in yeah. order for lacrosse to grow on the professional level. Is it, you know, change our season so that, we don't conflict with you know kids playing you know every weekend yeah. um, club lacrosse you know in tournaments. Um, is it we play on Sunday so we don't conflict with uh, with professional with uh, college across They play on Saturdays and Fridays, mm-hmm. and we play on Fridays and Saturdays as well sometimes. Right. So um, and there are a bunch of different things, and obviously competing with other professional sports like we can't move our sport to the fall. A lot less people are going to watch it with with football going on college football, mm-hmm. you know, and then. It's just it's just so many different things that that we have to work through in order to get the sport to where we think it can grow and and think it could be. So um, that's for people who you know that higher pay grade than me. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just, people I'm, who I'm, cut the checks. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> yeah. cash checks. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm running around, you know, trying to do my do my small part by you know playing, you know, providing entertainment for people who love the sport, and hopefully there will come a day when you know. But probably even even if I'm too old to play, mm-hmm. I just hope to see the sport at that level. Right, and I guess if this is my last question, I don't know, but I guess being in a majority white sport, um, have you ever found it to be like not necessarily maybe maybe you haven't come across racism, but have you ever found maybe prejudice or you know um, appropriation you know in the locker room or on the playing field? Have you ever found that? I didn't really experience that, and it's kind of funny because I went to Duke, so it's like everyone thinks, oh, rich, white kid, school, and usually only black kids that go to school are usually very wealthy or athletes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, even though I was the only black kid on my team uh, for all four years, but, you know, I I think, I found that, you know, kids on my team were more very interested in what it meant to be black. Mm -hmm. So, like... I, th- I think they were so naive they would ask me questions not like anything racist or anything but like they would ask me questions like I, I can't even think of one but yeah. like it- it's just it's-, it's these kids really want to know like oh like what's it what's it like to be you mm-hmm. is it any different than what it's like to be me I can tell you what it's like to be me even though you probably already know mm-hmm. but I don't know what it's like to be you mm-hmm. and you know I had a bunch of friends who were you know very understanding of our differences you know um certain conversations that kids had that I probably, you know, wouldn't partake in. Um, like you know, what? I mean, it was, it was just like, you know, when kids, like, demographically and like socioeconomic, I grew up a lot different than these kids. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents both, you know, still work and one of my friends, his dad retired at 45. Okay. So they're, they're talking about like all these different things they do and I'm just like, you know, I was a, you know, public school kid that grew up, you know, I grew up, my parents left the house when I was young. I, my grandmother came over, you know, we were, you know, tearing the house down, going outside, running around. We weren't, you know, going to the Hamptons and, and going to, you know, sailing class and all right. that stuff. So I grew up very different from these kids. But like, those, those are kind of the conversations that they would talk about, their experiences that I, I had never, you know, even come close to even thinking about, not even right. having, but even thinking about. And it was just, it was very different for me. It was a culture shock to, to say the least. Um, 
you know, I have friends who, you know, their dads are movie producers. Um, this one's dad is Sylvester Stallone. This one's dad owned this team. This one's dad, you know, is Bruce Springsteen. So, like, these, these people are, like, you know, really, really, you know, big deals. And, like, I mean, me, I, I walk by, you said you said to me, I, I really, it doesn't, like, raise an eyebrow. But, like, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, those are pretty big deals. And that's just something that I just was so far removed from. Right, right. And we have a mutual friend, Devin, who you know, yeah, or Dev. Um, and he, I guess he was a senior when you were coming in. So he was, he he graduated the year before I got there. Okay, but he was he was there for your recruiting visit. Yes, yeah, so I actually stayed with him on my recruiting visit. Right, and so did he ever try to like prep you for like, or did you guys, I mean, I'm sure like there was like an affinity because you were like, oh, mm-hmm. we are like one of the very few, you know, playing lacrosse, yeah. especially at Duke um, as a black person. So like, did he ever tell you anything or, like, give you a heads up or anything? Or was he just cool about it, too? I mean, Dev, me and Dev are from the same area. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have the same experience as, as far as, like, you know, being, you know, culturally different from everyone on our team. Mm-hmm. But my, the cool thing is that my coach, uh, he understood what it was. And, like, you know, he's a, he's a Farmingdale guy. So he grew up in a town over from me where, you know, there were a lot of black kids. And he understood you know the difference in culture he, I mean, he it was called shock for him he's a long island guy public school you know, he's a public school teacher on long island for a long time mm-hmm. um he was a bartender part-time when he was coaching uh division one college in uh on long island then he ended up at duke which yeah. was like it's funny he always talks about you know i had to worry about you know kids you know getting stabbed on the weekends when mm-hmm. i when i was you know coaching on long island now i have to worry about kids you know peeing on garbage cans and like the, just, the, just the stuff that I had to worry about is totally different. Yeah, yeah. And you know, he was he was even you know very conscious of hey, I'm gonna put you with Devin because if you have any questions, here's a platform for the answers. So I think that was really cool for him to do. And I, I was you know in tenth grade. He didn't he didn't really know me that well yet. So I could have been one of those guys who was very you know you know inquisitive about race. Oh, hey, are you experiencing this? Are you experiencing that? Like, what's it like to be the only black kid on the team? Like, do the kids hate you? Do they, you know, what, like, what's what's going on? But, you know, I wasn't like that at all. You know, I've only had one racial experience in my time playing lacrosse. Mm-hmm. It, I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, you know, kids were saying things to me. But, you know, I was just, you know, I was a kid, I brushed it off. I was just smiling, having a, having a blast. Mm-hmm. They were losing by a lot, so I guess that was what, the, I guess that was their next tactic. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was my only kind of experience, and it was it didn't it didn't really affect me as far as you know my mental stability or yeah. anything like that. But see, one thing I will I know you guys are trying to move on, and I'm sorry. But one yeah, thing I will say sorry. about Miles <clears throat> Miles's experience is he was very fortunate because I didn't have that same experience. Mm-hmm. Twelve million other people, not a million. There are not enough women's black lacrosse players, mm-hmm. but like. 12 other people that I know didn't have that same experience. So he he was very fortunate in the situation that he was put in with Coach Janowski mm-hmm. and Duke. Um, but one thing I will say about USC, I have no hard feelings at all, but my coach brought a bunch of different girls from a bunch of different areas yeah. who maybe didn't grow up with black people, um, hadn't been around black people before. So certain things would go on in the locker rooms Nothing to make me feel extremely uncomfortable, but you guys know me. I'm going to speak my mind, and especially when you come for me. If you're, if you're saying something to me, yeah. I will speak my mind. Yeah. And it's one of those things where if you're rapping a song and you use an explicit word in 
your rap and you're and you're rapping I feel like you're rapping it at me yeah then we have a problem so I'll leave that at that that. (laughs) but but um I will say that my coach bringing us all in she was brand new my freshman year so I don't think she she had a rhyme or reason Mm -hmm. um for for what she wanted her program to be and I think it was a learning experience once I got to my senior year probably honestly right before my last game I finally felt like she understood she finally understood what it was like going to a school which is really which is in a really good racial climate is so important Mm -hmm. if you don't have that on your team like USC moment I stepped off the field I was not the minority my teammates were the minority so I felt like great but um I mean, you know, we've grown up in so many different social situations. It was never a issue for me or anything. But I think college just going to a, um, going into a different situation was was a learning experience. Yeah. But I wouldn't have changed it for the world. Definitely not. That's good to hear. I'm glad that like you know, it's not super. It hasn't been inten- incredibly negative. You know, not incredibly. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're good though, and. I just want to say thank you guys yeah, for thanks. coming. We definitely enjoyed it, and um, hopefully, we can have you on again at some point yeah. in the future. Down the line. Yeah. Thanks okay. for having us, guys. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you. Drew and Miles are always great. Um, we love <laughs> talking to them. Um, but yeah, to close it out, um, it is now the tailgate with E and K. Who am I invited to tailgate? Oh, you want to know? Okay, um, Miley Cyrus. Okay. Just she doesn't like any of my invites. No, no, Miley Cyrus is chill. Okay. She's. I need, but I wanted to invite G Easy. Okay, no one asked. <laughs> no one asked who you wanted to invite. Explain the Miley Cyrus and what she's bringing. Uh, because let me tell you. Um, oh my God, this is actually the perfect invitee for her. Emily in like lower school, I wasn't even there, but like she used to love. Hannah Montana. Everyone called her Hannah Montana. Yeah, and Miley, I've you know she's had her phases and she's had her controversies, but let me tell you, I I've stood by her the whole time. You're a true um, stan. I am. I am. Uh, no, and I love her new music. I've loved all of her music. Um, if there are one artist I've listened to for the rest of my life, it's her. Um, if she comes to the the ball out uh, the E and K tailgate, she's gonna bring Chris and Liam Hemsworth, um, which will be a grand old time to look at. Um, so yeah. Miley, come through. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Rate and review, and also tweet us suggestions if you want. Uh, we, you know, put polls on Twitter and Instagram, so follow us on that. And, you know, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.